0: Chapter Twelve of The Quest of the Golden Pearl. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gloria Begaman, Somerville, South Carolina. The Quest of the Golden Pearl by john robert hutchinson chapter twelve relates how a wrong road led to the right place they had barely gained the shelter of the tunnel and extinguished the light when the prows of the canoes grated against the rock and a number of natives scrambled out upon the platform jabbering loudly would they remain there or enter the tunnel where the little band of unarmed adventurers for the captain had neglected to fetch a musket and don to load his pistols lay concealed it was a moment of breathless suspense then a torch was lighted and the intruders to the number of perhaps a score filed off to the right and disappeared when the last echo of their footsteps had died away the captain heaved a sigh of relief and bade spotty relight the lantern not that i be afeared o the warmance. do d'ye mind me lad said he as if in apology for the sigh only spike my guns a couple of brace o fists ud be short rations to set under the noses o such a rampageous crew d'ye see how some d'iver. the way's clear at last as the shark says when he'd swallied the sailor so beat up to wind'ard a bit till we discover where away the warmants bound for there's another passage most likely observed don holding the lantern aloft at arm's length as they left the tunnel behind and re-emerged upon the rock platform ha there it is captain yonder in the far corner right ye are lad replied the captain with a chuckle we'll investigate into this ere subterraneous ramification says you so forge ahead my hearty the entrance to the second tunnel was quickly gained and into it as nothing was either to be seen or heard of the natives they investigated to use the captain's phraseology as far as a flight of steps which extended upwards for an unknown distance beyond the limits of the lantern's rays here the captain paused and bending forward scrapers and holy stones, lad cried he with a chuckle the quarter-deck of a ship of the line itself ain't cleaner than these ere steps native feet goin aloft and a comin down continual that's what scraped em says you and so I gets an ID. This ere subterraneous caravan, as we've been and discovered, is the tail o' the elephant. The what, Captain? cried Don. Why do you mind me, lad? The captain proceeded to explain. When them lubberly land swabs as pilot elephants. Which I means my hoots, do you see, when they wants to go aloft, so to say, how does they manage the business? I axes. They lays hold on the warman's tail, says you, and up they goes over the stern. Weary good. This ere's a elephant rock. As we're at the present moment investigating into, d'ye mind me? And when, betimes, the lubberly crew as mans it is ordered aloft onto the animal's back, why up these ere steps they goes. And so I calls them the tail o the elephant. And why not? I axes don gripped the old sailor's hand impulsively hurrah this discovery's worth a dozen hours groping underground captain he cried for if the natives can gain the elephant rock by following this passage why can't we do the same jack old boy if you're still alive which you are please god we'll find you yet ay at the risk of our weary lives if need be responded the captain in tones that lost none of their heartiness through being a bit husky and a bag of pearls too for the matter o' that lad he added for d'ye see as the old song says we always be ready Steady, lad, steady. We'll fight and we'll conquer again and again. How some never, fighting without whittles ain't to be thought of. No more'n without powder, says you. So bout ship and bear away for the haunted pagodas. Thank heaven for the fire in that tumble-down wall, ejaculated Don as they retraced their steps to the platform chance has done for us what no planning or fighting either for the matter of that could ever have done we started on a wrong road but all the same it has led us to the right place ay lad only chance baint the right word for it do you see there's a providence lad as sits up aloft, said the captain, lifting his cap reverently. I baint, so to say, a religious cove, but storm or calm, them's the wary identical words as I always writes in my log. And do you mind me, lad? Tis the hand of the good pilot as has guided us here to night. I don't doubt it replied Don gravely any more than i doubt that the same good pilot will guide us safely into port bearing that in mind we have only to mature our plans and end the whole thing at a stroke here we are and now for the creek he concluded crossing the platform and thrusting aside the pendant vines we'll borrow one of the canoes those niggers came in hullo they're gone some of the lubberly crew stopped aboard and rowed off again belike observed the captain blow me if we shan't have to take to the water as the sailors said when they swallied all the rum Don made no reply but rapidly divesting himself of his coat and shoes he slipped into the water before the old sailor well knew what he was about i'm off for the canoe we hid in the jungle he called back as he struck out for the other shore ay ay lad responded the captain and here's to your speedy return as the shark says when they hoisted the sailor into the ship's gig swimming the creek was after all an insignificant feat for a sturdy-limbed young fellow like don the water was warm and refreshing the distance far from great a dozen vigorous strokes and he was well within the deep shadow of the opposite cliff for he deemed it prudent to avoid the moonlight, lest by any chance the natives who had removed the canoes should be in the vicinity. Once, indeed, he fancied he actually heard a faint splashing in the water a short distance ahead. He floated for a moment, motionless and alert, but as the noise was not repeated, he swam on again. He had made scarce half a dozen strokes, however, when he suddenly felt himself gripped from below by the leg. His first thought was of sharks, his next that he was in the clutches of a human foe, for a vice-like hand was at his throat. End of chapter 12